You're listening to a Southern Star Media Production. You know, I remember in the middle of the night just kind of opening up this David Bowie track and kind of going, oh my God, you know, and then That's kind of going, amazing. okay. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let me just do what I do. That's all, all I could that's all I could think of. Mm. <laughs> and um, and then David liked it. He brought, I brought it in the next day. Mark liked it, played it for David. David liked it. I said, can I meet him? And I met him. And uh, there he was, kind of like, it's kind of like life of Brian. There he was, kind of like in golden light. <laughs> I can imagine. But um, but he was super charming and asked me to come back and play on a few other things. And then came down to one of those little spooky ghost shows in a, wow. in a Cedar Coffee House, and uh, I was going on and I got word David's coming down to the show. I was like, ah, <laughs> you know. And he came and he stood. He came, you know, somebody got him a chair and we we played the show and. He ended up like kind of heckling me uh, in, in between because he loves to get engaged in yes. kind of banter and stuff. And we had a good kind of funny thing going back and forth and, mm. um, and then asked me to do a tryout for the band. And then that led me to the Heathen record in that tour. And then when the reality tour came around, um, my friend Mark was leaving and he was mm. his MD and they asked me to be the MD for the, for the, for the tour, which was another kind of like, Oh my God. But, I did it and I'm glad I did it and it was an incredible experience. Hello and welcome to the Southern Stars Coronavirus Podcast. I'm the news editor, Siobhan Cronin, and in this week's interview, Nilo Driscoll talks to Dublin-born, New York City-based guitarist Jerry Leonard about his work with David Bowie, Suzanne Vega, Roger Waters, Laurie Anderson and more. Jerry is no stranger to West Cork, and some of his music, released under the moniker Spooky Ghost, has recently been used as part of a meditation project hosted by the Mental Health Services at Skibbereen's No. 49 North Street. And our musical treat this week is also from Jerry, so watch out for that at the end of this podcast. Jerry Leonard, welcome to the Southern Star Podcast. How are you? I'm good now. I'm very good, thanks. Fresh good. out of the shower here in New York. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, what's, what, what are things like in New York at the moment? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hanging tough, I, I guess, as, as you know, they say New York tough. And it is. People are, have a nice kind of grit about them here. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's a little sad because, you know, it's, a, such, an, it's such a hub and such a bustling thing. And normally, like, everything is just buzzing and it feels a little bit like a ghost town um you know we visited a friend on 23rd street the other night and it's mm. just you know nobody's out on the streets um so a, a places are half open half closed i mean people are making a go of it but probably like everywhere it's it's missing its heartbeat it feels sure. like it's missing its heartbeat. and is, is it is it in i mean is it in lockdown to the, to the extent that i mean we're in what what's called level five here at the moment uh where Pretty much everything right. that isn't essentially shut down. You know, they they haven't really. You know, it, it obviously varies. Anybody following the the American story right sure. now, you know, it's it's wildly varied and mm. and um, and politicized and split. But you know, New York being reasonably sensible, um, the good news is they've knocked the virus down uh, yeah. through masks. Uh, they've managed to open the school system, which is pretty incredible because it's sure. the only major school network in the whole of USA that's managed to open. Now, my daughter goes every third day. Wow. Um, okay. But they never had a full lockdown like they had, like in Ireland or they mm. had in Italy or in European countries because it's so split. So what happens is um, they closed all the restaurants, they closed all essential businesses. They asked you to wear a mask. Right. But it wasn't essential. They've changed a few things now. If you go on the subway, you have to wear a mask or it's a $50 fine. Mm. And they force that. A lot of places are saying no mask, no entry, no service kind of thing. They have opened up restaurants to uh, 25% capacity. So you can actually okay. eat indoors. They also allowed all the restaurants to like set up their own little spot on the street. Sure. So. Um, everybody's got a little makeshift, you know, wooden uh, um, uh, seating area. So it um, sounds, sounds quite similar to what's happening here. So yeah, right. 
Right. And, and, yeah. and pe- people are going along with it? People in, in the city? Yeah, anyway. yeah, people are going along with it. People are going right. along with it. It's very rarely that you see somebody out without a mask and everybody's very respectful. And, Great. You know, the elevators are kind of like, we'll wait, we'll get the next one or, you know, but you can get a taxi, you can get a, um, um, you can go to a restaurant, you can certainly get takeout, you can, you can now eat in a restaurant, you know, you can get a subway, Good. Um, you can go to Whole Foods and shop, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not shuttered, you know? Sure, sure. So, I mean, for for a musician, it's 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 probably been life life changing, I suppose, in terms of work and things like that at the moment. What what's yeah. it been like for you so far? Well, you know, it went from a full year of touring. Mm. Um, I worked with Suzanne Vega, for instance. She had a new album that I produced. We we live at the Carlisle. It was set up for last May. We were going to yeah. start in European cities with the full band, and then she was going to open Glastonbury Festival. Wow. She was the first. She'd been the first uh, woman on the main stage, you know, back in the day. And oh, wow. so we were going to kind of like be part of that and tour. And then we had more U- uh, U.S. dates in the fall here. Um, that's all gone. Wow. That all went. Um, obviously, um, dates rescheduled for next January, but I feel like they're going to fall away as well. Um, it maybe... probably is the case, I think, yeah. Isn't it? You know? Yeah. So um, I was on tour with the Bowie Celebration Tour. And sure. We had a full. We were doing the Diamond Dogs record and the Ziggy Stardust record. Really nice band. Really nice mm-hmm. show. And we got six shows into that tour, and we we cancelled a whole month of that. Um, oh. So yeah, we went from we went, and then I got my family, and thankfully we have a place upstate. We'd been renting it, but we got it back, and we were able to go up there. So we actually okay. just went up there for six months um wow. and, 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 and have you have you been no okay i know you've been doing these these viral times this this series of yeah. uh pieces of music that you've done but outside of that have you been able to work in any other capacity for, uh, sessions for other people or can you work yeah i've done i've done a i've done a bunch of remote recording for okay. people um sure. um and i've done some things like mixing and mastering uh for people because I'm home more. So normally I'm on tour all summer. Sure. Um, so yeah, the studio is, is rocking right now. Um, but I find even the projects, it's, it's slowed down. Um, there's a lot of, you know, smaller projects or, or things that everybody's been waiting to finish up. So we've been doing a lot of that. I did an interesting thing live. We, with Suzanne, we went to the Blue Note. We took over the Blue Note uh, oh. club here in New York for three days. We rehearsal day and two shows one for usa and then an afternoon show new york time which was broadcast in europe Brilliant. and we sold tickets for that and that went really well and, and what, um what what yeah. was it like to play to a to a i suppose an empty room yeah it's a little strange it's yeah. a little strange i like it it's, it's kind of like talking to yourself you know it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's something you do in a crisis um hopefully it can be it can be handy, but you know sustained over a sustained period of time. It's probably like it's time to go see somebody. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, it's probably it's hard. To, like it's hard to distinguish the gig from the rehearsal. I suppose when there's nobody there, is it? You know, we uh, Suzanne's great at at live shows. So mm. we rehearsed and we ran it like a show. We just went from song to song. Uh, but you know, you finish the song, it's just a total silence yeah. because. The club was such that we didn't even have, I didn't have my wife or daughter, anybody, any friends or anything there. It was just crew yeah. and band. Yeah. And we played a show to like the cameras. So it's a little weird because you don't even have the little emojis popping up or anything. Sure, you know, sure, like, sure. But so, you know, we got through it. Yeah, good. It's Well, it's good that something is happening. And I suppose the, the nature of the beast with creative people, they'll come up with creative solutions to, to a problem, won't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been good to, it's been good to slow down. And I mean, look, I, I think that the, the positives are, I'm sure that goes across the board. But for me personally, was to slow down and to take stock and, uh, and to do all those things that, that needed doing. Uh, some of them just, you know, just fixing stuff. We go on the road all the time and sure. stuff gets beat up. Um, some of it was like, 
finding new avenues in music, like practicing has been great. Mm. Um, and doing some new recording. You mentioned the viral times sure. um, thing. We could talk about that. That was, yeah. that was a little thing that came up for me because when, when we went into lockdown and I went up to the country, um, so I, I, I kind of had a routine for myself because I didn't want to just, um, you know, I felt like if I didn't have a routine, you could just start to lose, sure. lose, lose your marbles kind of thing. So um, I would go for a run in the morning and I would try and practice every day mm-hmm. um, for an hour or so. So I would, um, on the run, I found myself kind of like being super aware. Everything, had, it felt like the world had slowed down. It was quiet. Yeah. Even, you know, it's normally quiet in the country, but it was super quiet. Mm. Cars weren't on the road. Businesses weren't open. And so you find yourself kind of immersed in nature a little bit and also with your own thoughts and a little sure. bit more uninterrupted. I found myself, um, you know, I had certain thematic ideas that I wanted to explore. And then I would sit with the guitar and I would, you know, um, play for a while. And then I found myself coming up with things like these textures and stuff. So I did this thing where I just set myself up to record and I wouldn't think about it. I just hit record. Mm. If I had something, I'd kind of sketch out something and then I just hit record and do an improvisation. And I, and I, then I'd put it away and I'd do one the next day and I'd put it away. And after, you know, maybe a month or so of this, I started to go back and listen to them sure. and pick out ones that I really liked and develop those. So that's what became Viral Times. I felt like it was music to like a soundtrack. Everybody needed a little yeah. soundtrack to kind of like to um, for personal time meditation. Some people like to, I, I, I do a meditation myself, but it's silent, but yeah. I know some people like to have an accompaniment or something. And, and uh, I'm also very interested in like people like Arvo Part, the, the sure. classical composer or, or like a Brian Eno soundscape, mm. you know, ambient records, whatever. Um, so in a weird kind of combination of, of those things, I tried to make these compositions that were somewhat, um, you know, instrumental, homegrown, all guitar. Um, I did it all at home, mm. which was another kind of challenge for me. I recorded it, I composed it, recorded it, edited, mixed, mastered, put it up on Spotify, whoopie do. But, um, you know, it's kind of like my, that was the release. And made a, my, had some friends make some, videos to accompany them and Great. that was it I, I, yeah. I, I spent most of today listening to them and what what fascinated me was the size of them if that makes sense i mean in, in one regard yeah. they're they're uh how would you explain it um there's so much going on but at the same time there's so much space in them it's um yeah. as you say I, ideal now for kind of i suppose contemplation or as you said meditation and th- are those the pieces that have been used uh, this this uh, here in Skibreen in West Cork, the um, there's yeah. the 49 North Street, which is a mental health services, and yeah. there's been a meditation project there. I think run by your sister. Is that correct? Yeah. So my sister's involved, mm. and uh, she's been doing various kind of like uh, guided meditation stuff. Sure. And you know, you know, she'll she'll call me up every now and again and say, "Do you have a piece of music, or can I use this?" And I, I'm always, of course. So. We had, I had some, I wrote some stuff specifically for her. And then she asked me about the viral time stuff. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because that's kind of perfect. You know, look, it's the kind of music you could put on your headphones, go for a walk in the woods, or you could sit and do an actual guided meditation, or you could put it on when you're vacuuming. I mean, it doesn't, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, hopefully some kind of like, kind of oral escape hatch or, you know, um, kind of incense like thing to put in the room. So that was my challenge with the music was to make this kind of still space, but yet keep it so that it's percolating and yes. it's somewhat interesting, you yes. know, and, and compositional, you know? Yeah. And we, we should say that these, if people are looking to hear this, they're, they're under your moniker, which is spooky ghost. Yeah. Uh, so if they're, if they're looking on Spotify or they want to, to download the music, that's what they look for is. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could search it probably to my name um, or spooky ghost, and I started making it two words spooky ghost because sure. I used to, I played around with that. Am I, am I right in saying that, that 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 moniker came from the style of guitar that you play, which which is that kind of atmospheric kind of well, we won't say yeah. spooky, but yeah. When I had my band Hinterland mm. in the early '90s with Donald Coughlin, who's no longer with us, God mm. rest him soul, but we had a 
duo and silent signed to Island Records. But that was uh, Donald's nickname for my guitar playing. It's like, dude, that's the ghost thing you do. So when I got to New York and I started doing my solo thing, I needed mm. a name for it, and that just clicked in. And it's 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 kind of become an alter ego for me. Brilliant. You know? It's 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 kind of apt that this podcast will be going out on Halloween weekend. <laughs> oh, right on! Yeah, it's, it's great timing. Now you yeah. mentioned Suzanne Vega a while ago. Um, I mean, you've you've worked with yes, Suzanne, uh, Roger Waters, Laurie Anderson, Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. The, the the big one that everyone talks about, I suppose, is David Bowie. Um, how yeah. did that come about, and what was it like? Well, it was it was it was incredible. Mm. Um, it was incredible to meet and work with David, and it was something that happened in a small way and then grew into a bigger thing Brilliant. for me. Um, you know, when I when I gave up all my bands in Ireland and I just needed to a change, I moved to New York and started to work as what they call a sideman here, a mm. guitar player for hire. But it was very interesting for me to kind of accept the challenge to work with other people mm. and and be a guitar player. But also I, I, I found that I had to carve out my own identity. There's so many great guitar players here. I really, it was really a challenge to me to kind of like figure out who I was and who I was not. And, um, you know, the, the spooky ghost solo thing was very defining for me because it allowed me, I call it like a sandbox, but it's a, it's mm. a way for me to go. And, you know, I would play these, uh, little coffee houses like Chenet or living room and, mm. and play for an hour and do these improvs, um, you know, uh, based on compositions, but, you know, um, it allowed me to play the way I wanted to play and also develop a way to do this stuff in front of an audience and create stuff live. So create all this live looping and, and atmospheres live and, and bring the melodies out or making mm. these compositions with it. So, I was doing that and I was working as a, as a sideman and the way it works as a sideman here is, you know, you work with one people person and then hopefully they ask you back and they work with another sure. artist. Sure. So it'd be like, I'd work with a producer. So I worked with the artist Duncan Cheek mm-hmm. and he uh, worked for instance with Rupert Hine and Rupert Hine then produced the Suzanne Vega record and asked me to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, there was a guy called Mark Platty, who worked with uh, with Duncan and uh, got to meet Mark and be friends and work with Mark on a few things. And then Mark was working with David. Mark was okay. had done the Earthling record with David and and had done the Toy record. And it was at the end of those sessions, came to me and said, "I'm looking for a texture on this." He knew my playing. He was like, "Do your thing, you know, do your spell, sure. those kind of things." So he gave me the track and I did it at home in my little flat in Greenpoint, a little wow. a Pro Tools out there and you know i remember in the middle of the night just kind of opening up this david bowie track and kind of going oh my god you know and then That's kind of going amazing. okay yeah and i was like all right let me just do what i do I, I, that's all all i could that's all i could think of mm. <laughs> and um and then david liked it he brought, I brought it in the next day mark liked it played it for david david liked it i said can i meet him and i met him and uh there he was kind of like it's kind of like life of brian there he was kind of like in golden light <laughs> I can imagine. But but he was super charming and asked me to come back and play on a few other things and then came down to one of those little spooky ghost shows in a a Cedar coffee house. And uh, I was going on and I got word, David's coming down to the show. I was like, ah, (laughs) and he came and he stood, he came, you know, somebody got him a chair and we we played the show and he ended up like kind of heckling me. Uh, in, in between because he loves to get engaged in yes. kind of banter and stuff and we had a good kind of funny thing going back and forth and mm. um, and then asked me to do a tryout for the band and then that led me to the Heathen record and that tour and then when the reality tour came around um, my friend Mark was leaving and he was mm. his MD and they asked me to be the MD for the okay. for the for the tour which was another kind of like oh my god but I did it and I'm glad I did it and it was an incredible experience yeah, and that that reality tour was that was filmed in well your hometown of Dublin, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. So we started the tour, we rehearsed, and we on the road, and then it was like we're going to make a DVD. It was like okay, and then it was like we're going to do it in the, in when we're in Dublin, we're playing two nights at the, what was then the Point Depot. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I'm I'm it, I'm coming home. I'm MD in the band. I'm coming home. We're making a DVD, and it's kind of like talk about being nervous but anyway it did it happened and it was fantastic it was fantastic 
So in, 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 in that context, as, as, in, uh, as musical director for, I mean, I would have thought that Bowie would almost be his own musical director. Um, what, what was involved for you in that regard? What, what did you have to do? Or yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fancy term, um, mm. band leader or musical director. But what it means is, you know, you kind of work with the artist. Uh, you, 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 you find out from them what their vision is, and then you kind of go about making it happen. So sure. it's not sure. unlike producing a record. Okay. Um, you know, it's like figuring out, like, okay, we've got to do X, Y, Z, and then dealing with the band. At that point, the band was was solid. They, you know, the band had been put together, so it wasn't like I was. Sometimes I, I will try and I say, oh, this person would be perfect, or yeah. this drummer, or this bass player, mm. or whatever. But we had the band, so it was more like dealing with the band. And with a band like David's band, we had somebody like Earl Slick, who's a total old school, yeah. you know, ear player, just mm. plays what he feels. And then you have a guy like Mike Garson who can read like flypaper. He could read yeah. the toothpaste tube and, and play it and music. So, you know, you've kind of got to, you got to speak their language and sure. make sure that everybody's prepared. Um, then you deal with the, you know, the day-to-day -day running and rehearsing with the band. You deal with the technical crew and uh, it's, it's figure out their needs and if they have a problem let's problem solve it you deal with the video you deal with the lighting you know wow it's it's, pr it's pretty busy so isn't it i mean you, you'd imagine you have enough to do but that's, that's it's, a... yeah it it was it was 18 hour days 20 hour wow. days for for, wow. for the for the two months of rehearsal but incredibly satisfying sure. and look what, a, what incredible music to to work with yes um, you know, I mean, work is the work and it gets hard, but at the end of the day, the, the, the songs are fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. We, we also set about trying to really kind of restore the, the versions back to more referencing the originals and, yeah. and giving it a little more swagger, but essentially like using that as the template. So um, that was a challenge too. And then yeah. keyboard, yeah. you know, programming the keyboard sounds, getting guys into kind of like source what was that on this record oh that's a sure. you know that's, that's the oboes from the from the from the mellotron slowed down you're like okay can we do that and this keyboard okay. can you, and you put it in this zone so it's cats can play when she's singing backups and whatever but we did it you know yeah. and um so that's the md role and then your day-to-day -day with david and set lists and, and all of those kinds of things wow. if you're doing a tv show um you gotta work with the crew i mean look i had a lot of help um, yeah. he had an incredible team of people behind him so it wasn't just me um but it was my job to make sure that everybody was talking to everybody else and that everything got done so and then when david hit the, hit the stage it's kind of like okay yeah. count it in yeah you know? so like not quite the extreme of that but the work that you do very often with suzanne vega then which is just yourself and suzanne yeah uh, that's a radical difference from what you've just described isn't it yeah yeah how, 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 other end of the spectrum. Yeah, and I mean, you obviously love doing that, but it's, I mean, yeah. you, you, you are the band in that, in that situation, aren't you? Yeah, so, you know, it's a little different. So every project is different. And uh, with Suzanne, you know, there's still, um, you know, she'll get asked to do various things um, and, and I'll help her with those. Mm. Sometimes we do an orchestral show. Sometimes we'll, you oh. know, she'll be in with a, a choir, or a choir and an orchestra or a guest artist. Uh, but or we'll do something special like what we did in the Carlisle, in which case we're kind of like, well, we'll have piano and upright bass and, I'll, and then I'll find the people and then work on the arrangements. Mm. If it's just me and her, then, you know, I, I've, I think I've gained her trust over the years. And, and so uh, if we're doing a new song or whatever, you know, I, I'll try and do a version that's uh, really references the original record, but also sure. maybe a little more interesting than just acoustic guitar and voice. So I'll figure out a version and then maybe I can do some of my looping and and uh, like if I do, for instance, if I do left to center and like I'm playing this arpeggiated part mm. and then while she's singing the verse, I'm looping what I'm playing. And then when I hit the solo, I just hit loop and then I play gotcha. the solo on top of my own accompaniment and then I'll drop it out and erase it and do something else. So I've got a little bit of a busy Irish dancing schedule going on over there. Sure. But uh but it's also, it's kind of the way I do my Spooky Ghost solo shows. Okay. I think in those ways, arrangementally. So um, I, 
with Suzanne, it, it's a case of coming up with arrangements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not every song has to be super tricked out and complicated. Some things are very much like just putting in a little few soundscape things around her. And some things are full on, like I will do Tom's Diner and I'll do everything. I'll do the beatbox and I'll do the sure. chops. Right. And I'll do the string sound and I'll do the bells in the middle or whatever, you know. Right. Um, but hopefully it's not too much monkey on mm. a stick. It's like, you know, it's actually successful. But, you know, in the arc of the show, it's nice to have these things. And sure. then when we play bigger shows, um, you know, it's just me and her opening for Sting or opening for Queen or something like that. Wow. It's kind of okay. like, all right, you know. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. And you, you, you're on background. I mean, you started, well, you have classical guitar in your, in your, in your musical mm-hmm. journey, I think, have you? To I what do, extent yeah. are... Yeah, so, you know, I learned, like, folk guitar from my teacher, Vincent Conway, in Belgrove School, you know, and, mm. and then I, the guy up the road, you know, uh, showed me some, had to play, like, Stairway to Heaven or whatever, you know, it's right, kind okay. of like a normal path to learning the guitar. But I, when I was around 19, I was trying to figure out a little bit, something a little more solid. I was leaving school. I was working in the recording studio, but the only music you could really study in Dublin at the time was classical. Okay. There okay. may have been independent. I'm sure I could have gone to Louis Stewart if I if I was yeah. wanted to do jazz or something like that. But so I got this great teacher, Alan Grundy, in um, in Chatham Row, and I go there once a week and I did theory lesson with this great teacher also, and and um, that became a foundation. So I I did five years of that, and you know it's interesting the classical thing because I did feel like I had to relearn the instrument mm. really from scratch even though I'd been playing for years, yeah. um, the approach was totally different. So that, that, and I yeah. think that now feeds into my playing. It's, 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 it's almost, you know, when I do this Suzanne stuff, or if I did Loving the Alien with, with David, yes. you know, a version that's just the two of us, it's, it's kind of like solo instrument acoustic, uh, accompaniment, you mm. know, and the classical guitar is a solo instrument. So you get into the idea of like, well, here's the bass part. Here's the yeah. voices. If you need to do a solo, you know, what? So you th- you kind of think in a different way. I think. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, no, kind of a kind of a left of center question here. Uh, going to sessions or uh, you know rehearsals, you're obviously taking a lot of gear with you. But did I hear? Yeah, did, I, but did I did I hear somewhere recently that you take scones and Barry's tea with you? <laughs> I have done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got into the thing of my sister gave me Delia Smith's cookery book, you know, and then um, I think I have it downstairs, or I have one. Yeah, in here. yeah. there's a good recipe for scones in there. If you, okay, if you let's look. check that. And uh, so I would make the scones, and you know, it was just kind of like a nice thing. And then, uh, yeah, there was a. I remember, like, I would, I got to play with Laurie Anderson on her record. Yeah, and then you know, she was she was really she and still is a really good friend and mm. amazing person. And so after the record sessions had been done, we stayed in touch. And I, I was, I was kind of growing my spooky ghost stuff and writing the first record. And I'd say, Laurie, I have a few things. Can I play them for you? And she'd say, Yeah, come down. She had this beautiful loft down on Canal Street. So I'd go down, and then I was like, Well, I can't show up empty-handed. So I'd bring some various tea bags and and some scones and clot of cream and jam. And oh, and uh, she loved it. You know, it became our little tea party. So we'd sit there in the loft and we'd have the scones. Some of them would be still warm out of it's, the oven. It's, and, it's you know. so unbelievably not <laughs> rock and roll. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Um, is, there was a yarn about uh, you bringing Barry's tea to a Roger Waters session. Is that right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It, it, it's, you know, I don't know what. So, the, you know, I got called for this session with Roger Waters. And it was like the night before. And uh, at first I thought it was like a hoax, but then it was going, it was going to be Steve Gadd on drums and, oh, wow. yeah, and uh, Roger Waters, you know, and um, um, Harold Shore, mm. right? Who's the composer for Lord of the Rings and everything, right? So it was a big movie sound. Yeah. Howard Shore, my wife's correcting me. Uh, bad with names. And um, so I loaded up the car and everything and I was like, I don't know what, you know, and I just, I just grabbed a box of Barry's tea. There was a fresh box on the, on the shelf, brought it down. And, um, you know, everybody's, Roger's coming, Roger's coming, you know. And um, I was getting set up and stuff. And then Roger storms in the room and, and um, Sandy Parks, who was the musical um, 
uh, she's the orchestra fixer and she's the person that got me there and she's like, Roger, can I get you anything? He's like, I want a cup of builder's tea. <laughs> and, Brilliant. you know, Sandy looks at me like with a blank face, like, what is that? And I was like, yeah. come with me. <laughs> and <laughs> the box of Murray's tea. So oh, we went so out, good. we made him a, a good, strong cup of builder's tea, brought it in. He was happy camper. Oh, Calmed him right good. down. That's it. We, so, could, we, we could get Pink Floyd back together on that basis, I think, could we? You know, you never leave home without it. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I've got to tell you, it's, it's, it's good stuff, all right? No doubt about that. Yeah. Um, what's I am what? a Barry Tea ambassador, you know. Even our local cafe upstate, I was like, you've got to get some good tea here. And now they, they stock Barry's Tea. There, oh, Barry's that, tea. I mean, there, there's an endorsement in the fee, I think. You know, there's got to be. Yeah, can I get the keys to the city now in Cork, do you think? There you are. Get 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 the accent right. There's the only thing. <laughs> Bye. That, that's, that's the one. That's the one. Um, you you you're you're no stranger to West Cork. I mean, you have been. You've come here, and your sister does. She doesn't live here, but she has a house here. Is that right? That's right. They live in Dublin, and uh, yeah, we got a little sidetrack. Nikki's meditation. Nikki, my sister, is um, mm. her meditation, and she's involved with a with a, a group down there, and they're doing these uh, meditations and guided meditations and. And um, we, I did one, and it, they, she sent me over these Irish phrases, and I overlaid them into my music and sent it back to her. But it's just specifically wow. for that. They have a place down in Barlicove, I think. Nice. Near Barlicove. I learned to swim in Barlicove. We used to go on holidays. In, I, uh, with my, I, I think you told me that when we spoke a few years yeah. back. I think you told me that, yeah. 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 Many people probably have learned to swim in Barlicove. But, <laughs> and d- during the lockdown here, it proved a very popular spot. To the point yeah. that it was it was almost a problem, you know. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, there was yeah. there was too many people going there, but it, yeah, of course, it's yeah. such a it's such a beautiful place. But um, I, I, yeah, it is beautiful there. I mean, it's a very special part of the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, what's what's downtime when you're not when you're not playing or rehearsing or on tour? Well, obviously not on tour at the moment. What do you do yeah. when you're not playing the guitar? Uh, play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, you know. I, I like to, I, I love, I love being in my studio. I love tinkering around, you know, sure. Um, sure. apart from that, you know, we, you know, go for a walk or, you know, cook a nice meal with my family, with my wife, yeah. you know, sure. um, watch, watch some TV or something like that. No, no big um, hobbies outside that. I, we have a house upstate, an older house and we fix it up and we sure. make, so sure. I like making things. So we just, you know, we, we take, do little projects or build something, Something like that. I mean, I, I tend to stay pretty busy, and uh, I've tried to back off on the power tools. I I got big into the power tools for a while. And I had a little accident with my finger, and I was like, "All right, okay, okay, yeah. time to stop." You know, yeah, that's 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 not not good for a guy in your line. I don't think. No, so I've limited myself to drills and 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 small things now, <laughs> not these big, you know, you know, gentleman farmer things. You know, sure, <laughs> like, sure, sure. I get help with that now. Um. Uh. The guitar nerd questions. I'm going to have to ask a couple of these now. Uh, P- PRS is what you play mostly, is it? Well, I would say, yeah, it's 50-50 now. I was mm. a Gibson guy for a long time. Sure. And, sure. Um, and still am. Um, but I got introduced to the PRS guitars. There's one in particular, the uh, the hollow body. It's got an acoustic system in the bridge and then an electric guitar. It's the one I use with Susanna. It's the one I yeah. use when I do my solo stuff. Um, and it's a pretty incredible instrument. They're beautifully made instruments, and yeah. I've met Paul a few, a few times, and um, they're very good to me, you know. And um, I have a bunch of their guitars down. It's like a new car. It's like I I, I love the vintage Gibsons, um, but you know you can come home one day and the bridge has fallen off it, or you sure. you take it on the road and the neck snaps off, and then it's kind of like you know it's like it's like the old triumph motorcycle it can get you there but it might not get you back <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah and uh and so you know the prs is kind of like oh yes i'll take the mercedes benz today and i'll you know I, yeah. it's got bluetooth and you know we'll just fly there and back so brilliant, so brilliant. Pretty um, reliable. apart from the guitar and obviously a good amp what, what what's what's your must-have piece of kit when you when you're going to the studio or traveling or both what's what's the one bit of you know, a fixed unit on the floor or otherwise that you cannot yeah. do those. Like the desert island thing. I think a good delay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've always been interested ever since I had my memory man uh, mm. I saved up and McCullough Pickett's and bought my first memory man delay. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and that's, I would still, I would, I would, I would take one of those. I mean, they're fantastic, but a, a nice analog delay, uh, some kind of distortion, mm. um, preferably like something nice, either, well, it could be a boss overdrive. The over, OD2 is, is great, but like a nice fuzz box. I've been using these, um, um, Rono Bender, it's called a guy in Spain makes them now. Right. I got turned onto it by David actually, but it's a modeled after the one that Mick Bronson used to use, oh, wow. which was okay. called the Soul Soul Bender, mm. and uh, you know they're unavailable now. But some people have recreated the the circuitry. Um, and, and volume pedal and delay, you can do a lot. Sure, and is is it something you'd ever you'd ever think of? I mean, have you have you built actual effects yourself? I mean, obviously you'd build yeah. a pedal board, but I have. I've 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 I've, I've built a couple of things. Mm. Um, and I've, um, yeah, and I mean, I made my first electric guitar out of the magazine with my dad. I mean, oh, we've wow. always been building stuff. Um, and I build all my own guitar rigs now, um, yeah. but using mostly, so mostly the creativity is is combining these sure. things into a system that's small and efficient and, and does the things that, do the things that I want to do. You know, getting too far into the electronics, I realized you know, I need to stick at what I'm good at, you know, sure. so yeah. I can fix things and I can, I can, you know, I can put together these systems, but you know, I'm not, I don't think it's time for me to, 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 to design the ultimate okay. fuzz box, you know, sure. and sure. that said, you know, who knows, I, I design, I've with people, I've designed a couple of custom things and they've made them for me and, and they've been really great. And uh, I would, I would maybe work with a company, and and do something custom at some point, you know, if that, if somebody wants to ask me. <laughs> there you are. Barry, Barry's tea, perhaps? <laughs> a little Barry's tea. Yeah, built Get into a, a Barry's going. tea box. How about that? <laughs> there you are. The, the tea drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, any any Spinal Tap moments over the years? No, well, there, there, there must have been, but I mean, anything that comes to mind? You know, you just don't know what's going to happen when you go out there. You know, I mean, you know, God bless her. We we were at a Suzanne show the other day, um, not the other day, but recently. There was a woman knitting in the first row. You know, <laughs> we come out for the first time, she's knitting, and she knitted kind of through the whole show. And then at a certain point, I was like, maybe that's her, just her thing. I mean, mm. you know, so if she's happy, she seemed like she was enjoying the music, but it wasn't what we were expecting. You know, it's like when David got somebody through the lollipop at David. We were on stage and. At a festival in Norway, second song, and somebody threw up a lollipop and hit him in the eye. And I was like, you don't expect that to happen, you know? No, um, no. We've had guitars go missing, show up in the wrong country. Oh, uh, we've okay. shown up at the airport and the offices booked flights for the next day. And we're like, okay, I guess we're going home again. You know, um, um, uh, you know, bizarre things. Bizarre things happen. Um, sure. So what's... <laughs> what's um... What's next? And uh, okay, a, a kind of two-part question, and this will be the, the, the kind of the finish. We'll say, uh, assuming the lockdown isn't going anywhere anytime soon, what's what's in the pipeline? And if the, w when the lockdown lifts and you can you can go touring again or whatever, what's the first thing you're going to do? Right. Well, um, you know, in in the meantime, you know, I'm. So I just started working on a, a show and I think I can talk about it um, with Mike Garson's Bowie celebration, a Bowie celebration. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a beautiful show now on uh, January 8th, which is David's birthday. It's also five years, if you can believe it, of his wow. passing. Wow. And so I'm helping Mike put together the show. So I have a crew now coming to a New York studio here. He's mm -hmm. in LA. We're going to, we're going to lay down a lot of stuff uh, with audio and video. Brilliant. And then we're gonna we're gonna send that out and get all the singers to put their parts on it and we'll assemble it and mix it back in New York and then that'll go out live. Um, they're gonna do a certain amount of actual live live sure. on on the day from LA on on January. So that's that's a show. Um, there's an artist Manolo Garcia, fantastic Spanish artist that I've I've now this will be my third record with him, and I've done some touring with him. He got in touch, and he's sending me songs. So I'm working on some duo and trio stuff with him and then i'm also putting together a band in december for a week and we'll go in and track here he won't unfortunately that would have been one where we would have we would have gone to madrid and sure. done it sure. but i'm going to do it piecemeal now and do it all with new york 
girls actually it's an all-girl band and one ghost <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we're going to do that in new york and then that's a project um suzanne you know we have all this stuff uh we have a beautiful record out um live at the carlisle mm-hmm. and as soon as we can and it's safe and we can figure it all out we're going to go and tour that so like i say the show's booked in paris i think it's the first show in january but it's probably not going to happen now. I hate to say it. Um, so if that's May, we'll go in May. If that's July, we'll go in July. Sure, sure. So it's a little bit of that. I also, I want to do a, a live Spooky Ghost thing, and I'm hoping to do Viral Times music. Brilliant. And uh, so I just got to figure out ways, you know, yeah. to 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 do that. Um, um, yeah. And maybe do, I, I did two volumes of this Viral Times mm-hmm. thing, which is available... If you go to, it's jerryleonardspookyghost.com. Yeah. I'm sorry it's so convoluted, but I lost spookyghost.com because I thought it was garbage and junk mail and I threw away the renewal and then somebody okay. stole it and wanted to sell it back to me. For Are you like kidding? Well. So I was like, no. Um, so if you don't mind typing a few extra words, um, you can find all the music there. I did two volumes. I'm, I might, I'd love to do volume three and four. I'm also thinking of trying to do a, a vinyl of the first two volumes. Oh, that would be really fun. That would be so good. That would be really good, yeah. Put put one on each side and, and make it a vinyl. Yeah, and, nice. Um, yeah, things like that. So you know? so you're, you're busy. You're busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to stay busy. Yeah. Listen, Jory, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Um, yeah, like this. And uh, best to look at everything. Mind yourself. Stay safe and stuff. And, Thanks. Um, you know, it's great. I see Sergio's bought a house down there. I was that's right. You, you, you must have been looking at the front of the paper last week, were you? I, 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 yeah, I, went, I looked at the paper. You know? There you are. That's, love, that's good to hear. Yeah. That's yeah. another endorsement right there. So, <laughs> Yeah, she's bought a house. We, we think it's out near Belly Hop somewhere. Um, oh, right on. And she has, she has been a regular visitor here, so she's in good company because she's got Jeremy Irons in the road in his castle and David Putnam right. across the water and I'm here and... <laughs> Does he have iron gates on his castle? Jeremy he Iron. Sorry, that's a joke. I've, 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 act, I've actually been in it and it's really impressive. It's yeah. incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, not the most practical thing in the world, perhaps, but wow. Yeah. I mean, if you could, you would, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, cold, though. Surely it's cold. You'd be amazed because the, wa- the walls are like, I don't know what, they're probably four or five or six feet thick in places, you know? Oh my God, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's it's a remarkable thing but um, you'd have to come visit yeah you should, well, as a spooky ghost come over and haunt the castle yeah maybe we could do a house concert at Jeremy's he'd, place I'll tell you he'd love it he'd love it he's, yeah. a, big, he's a big music fan he'd love it yes. there you are we, we, make it, let's make it happen absolutely let's, let's do it let's do it listen All Jerry right. absolutely yeah. lovely talking to you great mind yourself right, mind now. yourself take care And so to this week's newspaper. Our front page features a main photo about the rescue of Glyn Jones, who was out walking with his dog Bandit near Garethstown when he got trapped in a gully. He was back there last week to thank all the emergency services for their quick reaction in getting him to safety before he was swept out to sea. Dr Jason van der Velde and Mike Murray of the Coast Guard are pictured with Glyn and his wife Eve, but unfortunately Bandit didn't make it. Our lead story is about a drug seizure in Union Hall and an interview with Senior Gardaí who tell us that all the recent drugs halls are a sign that their strategies are working. There is an article from Jackie Kyo on Senator Tim Lombard who was self-isolating because of close contacts who have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Inside we have lots more news including that story about the rediscovered Book of Lismore which was in fact written in West Cork in the 15th century. And Michael Collins, TD, defends his decision to employ his brother and his partner in parliamentary administrative roles. Another local TD, Holly Cairns, is writing about the plight of the Irish fishing industry. And we hear about an online auction from Skibbereen, which netted over €2 million in the sale of art by Andy Warhol and Banksy, amongst others. We also have lots of local court coverage and a story from US journalist Bill Hoffman, a regular visitor to Ballydehab, who remembers some very bizarre interactions with Donald Trump before he became president. We also have a Halloween photo special and all our usual columnists, business and motoring pages.
The Young Farmer of the Year Award shortlist is on our farming pages and our main life section interview tells the very timely tale of a mother's search for her son who was adopted from the Besborough Mother and Baby Home in Cork. So don't forget, if you can't get to the shops, you can subscribe online by going to southernstar.ie and clicking on the e-paper tab or call the office on 028-212-00 for a postal copy to be sent out to you. And now for this week's musical treat. It's an instrumental track called VT15 from Jerry Leonard, a.k.a. Spooky Ghost. His Viral Times collection was recorded and released during the pandemic. So sit back and enjoy.
Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Coronavirus podcast. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe to our podcast, which is available now on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another Southern Star Media podcast production. Stay connected to West Cork by subscribing to our e-paper and support local, quality and trusted journalism. Visit www.subscribe.southernstar.ie